This is Kelly. This is Jen. This is Heather. And you're listening to Whiskey Cats. <laughs> In this episode of Whiskey Cats, we discuss two distinct Scotch whiskeys from Isla, Scotland. Enjoy! for an eon um i went on a european vacation not with chevy chase <laughs> damn yeah i know probably would have been better look kids big ben <laughs> yeah so um i've been away um basically exploring the continent um and one of the places that was on was isla just the island where there's lots of delicious scotches made in scotland hence the name scotch <laughs> What? Yeah, I, I had no idea. Let's make sure we put that in our, uh, <laughs> our notes for the episode. <laughs> Important. <notes>. Important. <laughs> um, but I brought back two wee drams of some tastings um, for Heather and Jen to try. Um, one is from Bowmore and one is from Brooklotti. Totally I'm looking at the bottle for Brooklotti and I would never know how to say that by the way that it Brooklady. is spelled. Yeah, it took me a little, it took me a while as well. Brew a cladditch is what it looks like to me. <laughs> Sounds like something I should, uh, or it looks like something I should not even attempt to pronounce unless we want a redo of the, the yeah. Glendalock. Yes. <laughs> I always want a redo of the Glendalock. <laughs> so Isla has eight distilleries, distilleries um, that are still in operation today. Um, they're mostly all on the ocean um, because it's actually easier to ship your product by ship than it is over land. Isla still has like these tiny windy roads that are kind of crazy to go on and, um, you sheep. know, and, and sheeps and cows that are just oh. kind of there and free roaming and, you know, they belong to someone and they know where they go to to get fed, <laughs> but it's they're just like everywhere and it's oh. kind of amazing. Well, you said there was one inland, right? So like, did yeah. you actually go to that one? I, yes. So okay. that was Kiloman and yeah, we did, we did go to that one. And so, um, I think we'll talk about that one in a, in a later episode. All right. Um, because that one's, I think. You mean there's more scotch coming? (laughs) There's more scotch coming. Exciting. Exciting. Yeah, so just, you know, for this episode, it's just a little, just a little taste of Scotland. Just a tiny, just a little taste. She smuggled us Um, some little, uh, high-class airplane (laughs) bottles, so. I would call it smuggling so much as (laughs) just putting it in my bag and getting it through TSA. (laughs) (laughs) Less than three, less than four ounce, whatever the rule is now. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I brought these two particular bottles, um, one from Beaumont and one from Brooklady, because I think they're very interesting distillers, distilleries, because they're like almost at the opposite ends of what they are and what they represent. Hmm. Um, Beaumont is the oldest dist- still working distillery on the island. It was founded in 1779. Um, so 200 years before Heather was found. That's right. 200 years Somebody before. write that down. Yeah. <laughs> they should really have that in their history. <laughs> I'll write them a note. <laughs> and um, it's actually located in the town of Beaumont. Um, Beaumont is the town. It's like where everything It's like the biggest town. It's where everything is on the island itself. And everywhere there's like other little towns, but this is like the main um, 
the main town and it's not very big. <laughs> so was the town, was the distillery named for the town or was the town named for the distillery? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. Mm. I think probably the distiller was named after the town mm. um, because the name itself, like who owns it and who like started it are the, the name Bomar sort of came about like later on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the guy who founded Bomar was John P. Simpson. So, you know, who, who knows where he <laughs> we re- could be drinking Simpsons. Right. right exactly. Um, and then eventually he sold it to the Mutter family, which was a German family. Um, and they can't, there's like no record of that sale. Like they can't figure out exactly when oh. after 1779, but it was definitely before 1925 because that was the next time it was sold. And then again in 1950, um, it was sold again. Like a lot of these distillers, because they're so old, they've been sold mm-hmm. yeah. and gone through so many iterations. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing about Bowmore is that, um, so yeah, it's right on the, it's right on the ocean. The tasting room is like, there's a balcony, which is beautiful. And you can just go out and just right there on the ocean, just like go have Amazing. your, your sips of scotch right on the balcony mm-hmm. if you want and overlook the bay or whatever you want to call it, ocean side view. Oh, beach. I can offer you guys is we yeah. can over we can look at the alley. <laughs> I have a, I have an excellent alley view. It's a beautiful it's, alley. That's it is. There's sunflowers mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. That's true. And lobster lights. They're like almost as good as an ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that's very kind of you. <laughs> <laughs> but the interesting thing about Bormore is that they stopped production during the world world wars. And it actually became a Royal Air Force Coastal Command Center. No kidding. Yeah, which just, is fa- which is fascinating. Just Bomore or all of the coastal? Um, so it sounds like just Bomore. Oh. I'm not sure about the other histories of the other distillers. Um, but you, you in the tasting room, there were photos of when it was shut down, and, and it was RAF um, oh. Coastal Command. Oh, that's cool. It was very yeah, it was fascinating. Well, frankly, they probably made a lot more money being paid by the government than by a bunch of <laughs> people who had no money to buy scotch with. What side True. of the island is it on? Like um, towards the mainland so or up? it's west. west. It's on the west so side. So like out facing the open ocean basically. Yeah, but it was in um kind of a bay mm-hmm. area ish area, I guess. There's a teeny geography. tiny there's a teeny tiny map on this box <laughs> that I need a magnifying glass. A, 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 a wee map to go with the wee dram. Alright. Yeah, and um and but today it's um owned by Suntory, which is which is a Japanese mm. oh, yeah. uh, drink company, and I think only one the trunk of a big whiskey tree. Yeah, so only one distiller on the island is now independent. Everyone else has been purchased wow. by a large um, drinking conglomerate. Suntory is the this is sort of random, but Suntory is the whiskey that Bill Murray in. Lost yeah. in Translation is selling. That's why I know that name. Oh. <laughs> and it's, it's also the one that makes the ones that we had with mm-hmm. Eddie. I just no, put that like together recently. It that, all, but like, yeah, it's the origin yeah. of my knowledge of that name. Is <laughs> that movie, yep. Which I actually own. I love that movie. So yeah, good. so um, so this bottle that I brought you is called, it's a 15-year-old scotch, single malt. Um, our I first scotches. I know, your first scotches. So exciting. Well, our, what? our first episode scotches. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's like, what are we in? Episode 11 uh, or something? 15? 15? Took us a while. Yeah. 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 Well, well, we did attempt the Ardbeg space whiskey, <laughs> which was a disaster. Yeah. But we, 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 won't, we, we still we might. talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> that might show up eventually. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll see. 
Um, Did you age it in space? <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry. It's, it's been aging on Pluto, and Kelly went to retrieve it. Um, but this is called The Darkest. And the reason why it's called The Darkest is because it's aged or finished in um, not only bourbon casks, but at uh, sherry casks. So in the last three years of its aging, it's put in an Olo- Oloroso sherry cask. And it's 15 years yeah, total. Yeah, and it's 15 years total aged. Yeah. Right, I'm going to pour. Um, but it's like a really nice dark color, I would say. Yeah, definitely. It's like a nice amber. Like really, the tree, it reminds me of the amber that you see with bugs stuck in it. It's like the exact mm. amber color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I mean that in a good way. <laughs> in a familiar it it does. totally does make me think of Jurassic Park. <laughs> and you can definitely tell in comparison when you see it in, with next to um, other of Bowmore's expressions, like this is definitely the, the darkest, <laughs> uh, literally the darkest. Um, and I would say, I think Bomar is one of the least peated on the island. I appreciate that. I can smell it. The minute I opened the bottle, I was like, ooh, (laughs) but it's true. Probably less. Yeah. And, um, and so they, they rank the scotches, um, like with a PPM and I, I'm assuming it's Pete per meter, Pete per meter or Pete per million or. (laughs) Something like that. Per milliliter, probably. Oh, mil- there you go. Um, I like meter, though. Who knows? It should be fast, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Jen is shaking her head <laughs> for using incorrect terminology. Um, I'm going to focus on the whiskey. But basically, the higher the number associated with that, the more peated flavoring you're going to get, and the lower it's going to be. So um, I didn't see a PPM associated with that, but when we talk about the Brooklady, we'll talk about PPMs a little bit more. God, what, now I have to know what PPM so, means in the world of scotch. It's so, so killing me. Were you saying it's the least peated of their brand or of just I, scotch in general? Um, I think for, for the island, it's one of okay. the distillers that doesn't um, put a lot of peat in their scotches. Okay. All right, let's well, check it out. Good to see you. <laughs> but it's less gross than like I remember smelling oh, Ardbeg? the Ardbeg when we and... walked in the door. We didn't even have to get near the glass. So area. it's certainly less less ppm ish than Ardbeg. Hmm. All right. Well, that's definitely less. Mm-hmm. But I feel like I'm. I don't want to. I feel like I'm. My first impression is just to judge it based on how based on how much peat it has, and that's not really the right way to. <laughs> how there's, much? How much do I not dislike this? <laughs> there's some sweetness under it, which I yeah. appreciate that I can taste. That feels like the bourbon casks, exactly. Yep. yep. Yeah, I can taste that. There's a little sweetness. There's certainly some peat, and like now it's it's all in my nose. Like it's all I can smell. <laughs> I'm gonna wake up in the night and be like. I taste you beat. Um, but there's like there's some citrus in it. Hmm. It's like hiding between. It's like between the peat and the and the bourbony the bourbony sweetness. I think I it tastes something lightish. I sort of see what you're saying. It's kind of vague citrusy. Like yeah. I don't think I could I, mm-hmm. I couldn't pinpoint it more than that. Like orange right. or grapefruit or something. But yep. I like that it's grapefruit is an interesting. It's like smooth up front. It's yes. like doesn't doesn't have a explosion on your tongue it mm-hmm. just sort of stays and lets you enjoy it a little bit but then there's the alcohol burn on the back mm-hmm. and it's funny because i keep expecting it to be like 
oh god, there's a peat. I can't take it. But it's it holds back. It does. It's like yeah. it holds itself back a little bit. It's restrained. It yeah. does sort of like paint itself on the top of your mouth though. Yep. Like yeah. you can you can just sort of feel it there. But yeah. it's not yeah, it's not like overwhelming at all. And it's funny, we had Indian before this and I thought I was a little worried, like, mm, is the Indian gonna cloud what I'm tasting? I can't it's like <laughs> what it Indian? says though I ate a bowl of rice krispies earlier. Like right. I, I can't even taste anything because this has completely taken over. Not in a bad way, but it's completely taken over. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I do have to put my face in the glass to get it. It's a short glass, but. <laughs> so some of the tasting notes are raisin, toffee, a gentle smoke, and robust complex with sherry. Can I read you the yeah. taste from the box? Uh-huh. Which is interesting. Breathe in. Delicious dark chocolate. Sun-dried fruits, maybe that's your citrus, and a telltale wisp of Isla smoke. Sip wonderful cedar wood and reach treacle coffee. Savor the robust and complex finish with a hint of sherry tannin. So dark chocolate I don't get at all. Mm -hmm. But the sun-dried fruits, maybe if they're like sun-dried citrus fruits. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but the raisin I can sort of like, I can get that a little Mm -hmm. bit. I mean, it's got... I wouldn't go so far as to say it's similar to a port, but it almost like, as far as a whiskey, I can feel it like swaying in the wind that way. Mm. <laughs> and that's a flavor that I enjoy. Like, I like I like that raisiny flavor of ports. I'm not sure. It wouldn't have been the... It's, well, it obviously was not the first thing I mm-hmm. thought of with this. I'm interested to compare it to the one I can now pronounce. <laughs> you should not be named. <laughs> well, and now, I mean, so... And I don't drink a ton of scotch... Outside of this, um, so you know, we joke when we say it's our first for episode. Like my, my depth of knowledge is, you know, pretty mm-hmm. pretty shallow. Um, so I'm I'm curious to see how what how the like the deepness of the flavor compares to other scotches. Like I, I feel like it's almost unfair to compare it to like the bourbons and the whiskeys that we've been yeah. drinking because it, it's it's almost hard to tell. I mean, I taste a couple different things, but it also doesn't taste like a particularly complex. Whiskey? <laughs> uh, but, you know, but I could be wrong. Like, I, I need something to compare it to. It's kind of hard to compare it in a vacuum. Mm. Yeah. I like this, the sweetness and the peat together to me. Make it a little more complex than some scotches that I've had that I mm-hmm. feel like are only peat, and that's all that I can taste. Yeah. Well, certainly um, that Ardbeg, which is like, now that we've talked about it, it's I know. blasting it's... in my brain <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> and I also think... You know, the putting it in sherry cask is something that I think a lot of the distillers do. And and maybe we'll have one, maybe two expressions of it. But it makes it more unique in that the majority of the Isla expressions are not finished in sherry. Mm -hmm. That they're just in the American oak barrel, Mm -hmm. excuse me, bourbon barrels. So I think this makes it very unique and interesting. Well, and you know, so now now I'm refining my thoughts a little bit. But since you you were... Your comparison of like, well, you know, it's not just a, like a blast in the face of peat, which I think that's what I mean is like, what is the scale of complexities for scotches compared to, mm-hmm. you know, other like Irish whiskeys and bourbons and rye and things? Because if that's, if that is the scale, if it's like, well, it's a blast in your face of peat, or it's like oh, some minor peat with some good sweetness on the bottom, that seems like the scale is not that big. I'm sure it is like really like just talking in ignorance here, but, um, but that's, I'm sort of curious to find that out, like what that scale of complexity really is. If it's all based on like how much peat is in it and how much you can taste underlying 
I think our job is to drink a lot more scotches. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether that's good or bad, but I think that's the only way we will sort this. No, I think that's true. I mean, I'm I'm curious. I think I will dislike a lot of them. I think we go to bars where our pals will pour us yep. half shots and then split them. And-, <laughs> and like the tiny bottles, like, um, you know, when we did the recording mm-hmm. with Aaron, I bought a, a little bottle of Johnny Walker just in case because a lot of the recipes called for scotch, but I was afraid to use it because I was like, I don't want to hate all these cocktails. So I'm like, I'll just get a cheap scotch. So like buying them in small, mm-hmm. maybe not Johnny Walker Black, but like... <clears throat> Although it would be interesting to compare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, the one that everybody drinks. Right. Right. Exactly. I should have brought it straight. Well, we have many more scotches to try, yeah. so. Do you want to try a little little water? I need a little more whiskey first. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so in, in all the tasting rooms, they had um, pitchers of water to to, mm. to do proper So they encouraged that. Yep. I don't like it. Boy, that's hard to tell how the nose has changed because it's less peaty. I'm not sure that I would say it's changed in a good way. I. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't want to say any more until you had a sip because I didn't want to taint your. Although on my face probably. <laughs> no, that's not it's good. It's not though. good. It's you know not what? Good. You know what it does is that every time we do this, water kills the sweetness. That's what it does in almost every not not everything, but like 95 percent of the things we've tried. It kills the sweetness. Yeah. And if you're going to kill the sweetness in this beverage, it's going to be peat and, I don't know. It kills our... I don't even taste raisin or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it anymore. killed the, the whatever citrus or whatever <clears throat> fruit was in there mm-hmm. at all. Like, it just killed everything. Even the peat is like... There's yeah. like a vague whisper of peat that I... It's just... Ugh. It kind of leaves that... I love um, drinking it. <laughs> that cold medicine taste. That's kind of all it leaves behind. Gritty. Yeah, it is. it can be medicinal. <clears throat> but before it was it had that medicinal flavor to it, but it had that it had the, all those other things that were playing against it. Mm-hmm. And if you strip all that away, then gross, gross. <laughs> like, drink out of a hospital bag. Yeah, it was like if Canada tried to make scotch. That's what it tasted like to me. Ouch! That's what it tasted Ouch. like. Dang. Yeah, gross. Ooh. Okay. Oh, all right, let's try the other one. Yep. So <laughs> this little guy. Brick, so you say it again? Brickladdy. 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 It's a really cute little bottle. Yeah, so what I find really interesting, uh, this little like airplane bottle that I got for you was from the um, the tasting room as well. And for Brickladdy, they have a very interesting um, history in that they were founded in 1887, 81? I, I can't read my handwriting. Um and so about, I think, 81, so about the same time as a, a little bit later than Bowmore by the Harvey brothers. <clears throat> and the way they constructed their distillery was that it was very state-of-the-art for the time. So that instead of um, sort of evolving out of farmhouses like a lot of the other distillers, they actually made their distillery out of stone. They purchased these or made these um, very high, tall uh, spirit stills. Um, and so the stone, no, no, no. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, the, the building itself. The building is in stone. Is okay. stone. I was but picturing they, the still inside. The yeah. stills are really super tall. <clears throat> and, um, and at the time it was very considered very stated that art. like they have a courtyard and like all the buildings are around the courtyard. So, um, it was, it was very you know, progressive of, of the time. 
um, <clears throat> and it was basically run by the brother William until his death in 1936. And then basically over the next 40 years or so, it changed hands several times. Um, and then around 1994, it was, it was basically shut down um, for this strange reason of surplus to requirements, which I'm not really quite <laughs> sure what that term means. Hmm. And then in 2000, it was purchased by a group of private investors. And this was sort of the rebirth of the distiller, uh, the distillery, which is now sort of known for the expressions that it is, um, that it has today. So this tenure um, that we have is actually very relatively new in terms of that it's actually only been around for 10 years um, hmm. since the since they reopened the distillery. Oh, cool. Distillery. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> so in the early 2000s, they, they invested a lot in the um, the distillery itself. They refurbished basically all of the buildings, all of the equipment, and a lot of the original equipment they still use today in hmm. the distilling process. Cool. Um, they actually don't use a lot of computers um, in their distilling as well, so they'll use um, just the basic float and um, ladle um, to do the distilling. Um, sorry, dipsticks. That's the, that's the word I was looking for. And floats. So like the... I forget the name of that one piece of equipment that you like put the alcohol in and it has a float and it shows you the amount of... Um, mm, like the gravity thing? Yeah. The ABV thing? Yeah. I what is that what, called? I forget what it was called, but... But I know what you mean. Yeah. Think of think of that when talking about floats. Yep. And then I would say at about 2012, they were uh, purchased by Remy Contro. Hmm. So, and there's like sort of this controversy about how they, when they came back in and refurbished this distillery and they were doing really well with their product and like people were like, yay, go, you know, go Isla, go go these people who are really doing doing well and then you know they got sold to another multinational corporation and so people were like kind of like oh you just ruined my favorite indie band mm. is Remy Contra um, French are they French I think so. no they're English hmm. I forget but foreign yeah so I actually just Fish. listened to um a podcast that's actually a few years old um a, I don't remember the name of it, and B, if I did remember the name of it, um, I wouldn't want to call it out because I think the host is actually extremely boring. Um, but he interviewed the current CEO of uh, of Rick Laddie from Remy, um, Remy Contro, and basically he kept hammering home this um, metaphor of like the indie rock band selling out and like how everyone was so disappointed because they were they grew to love these these new expressions of this scotch on the island and then you know they got purchased by a, a, a multinational drink corporation and did they stop so, making the creative expression no like everything is perfectly fine like the same people were yeah. in place and so they, he just like kept going on and on and on about it and you're like dude like come <laughs> on like just stop like um but the the ceo is really great he's like you know the, the good thing about this purchase is that they now have the ability to make and invest more and, mm -hmm. like, actually scale up to be of competition with, like, Ard Ardbeg and Lagavulin and the, the larger distillers that are making a lot more, um, a lot more product, excuse me. So it's just, it just very interesting. Um, 
so the little bottle that I have for you guys here today is, is their 10 year. And they actually have sort of um, three different, I don't, I don't know how to call, call them brands, where, so the Brook Laddie brand, I'm just going to use brand, but I don't think it's the correct terminology, um, is mainly unpeated. But then they have two more brands where they distill under and bottle under. Um, one is their Port Charlotte brand, which is heavily peated. And then they have another expression brand um, called Octomore, which is super heavy peated. That name, <laughs> um, Which name. is, it was a distiller distillery on the island, but it um, has since closed, I think like in the 1800s or something, it closed. Um, and they also produce a gin called The Botanist. Okay. Random, but yeah, it was. Enjoy their names. So, what is a scotch if it's not peated? What's the difference between a scotch and like an Irish whiskey? Um, so I think you're still going to get some of the peat flavoring because it's they're surrounded by peat bogs, Mm -hmm. and so the water is going to flow through it, and you're just going to get that, for lack of better word, terroir. Um, and that is kind of one of their slogans is that they believe in terroir um so it's so this yeah it probably wouldn't exist if they didn't believe in it (laughs) exactly um and so it's very interesting so these little these little like nip bottles that i have for you they're very um their graphic design is very traditional it's like very i like it um old-fashioned even Mm -hmm. but if you look at their website and all of their larger bottles it's very modern 100% modern it's like all Helvetica fonts it's all like bright colors it's all bold um there's no like script it's just very sort of in your face like plain right there that's funny they would embrace that while you know being known for having you know using all the original equipment and old school stuff and no computers but then have this really modern outlook is that has that just changed since they were bought by remy or no i think that's that's still from when they um re um reopened the distiller the the distiller like hipster distillery yeah Mm. so it basically was like i felt that they're trying a little too hard to fit into the market today hmm. to set themselves apart from, say, the Beaumar, say, the Ardbeg, which has those trappings of we're old world, where mm-hmm. we're sort of stayed and true and just kind of plotting. But yeah, they're very, they're very much about, um, you know, their location and their their water and where their water comes from, and and so it's it's. It's very, it's fascinating to me just because they are so modern, but they, yeah, they do have this Victorian equipment. Um, From a design standpoint, mm -hmm. from your perspective, do they do a good job of incorporating this into that sort of web presence? This old-fashioned label? Right. Or do you not even see this? So, no, that's nowhere on their website. So Why do they use it on the small bottles? I don't know. It's a really good question. Maybe it's they so, just have a lot of them. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. We got all these labels. We got to use up. It's actually 30-year-old. <laughs> all right, well, shall we? Yeah, definitely. So, um, I mean, like, right away you can see the difference in coloring between the darkest yeah. Beaumar and the... It's a lot. It's tenure. lighter and just yellower. It's yellower. a whole different mm-hmm. tint. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. 
Mm. Almost. I don't smell any peat. It smells like a Irish whiskey. Yeah, it does. <laughs> huh. Secret peat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like... <laughs> oh. It sneaks up on you. It's right in the middle. And then it's mm-hmm. gone. Kind of. Like, it's, it's ki- it kind of lingers, but it doesn't linger the way that, like, the Bowmore lingers. It leaves... Yeah, it doesn't coat. It's no. like plum. It leaves plum to me. Like a... Mm. Not, and not the fruit part of the plum, but, like, the bitter skin part of a plum. Kind of rich and... Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. That is a... That's huh. interesting. Mm-hmm. It's sort of all over the place, but it's really hard to... You know, I want to say like, well, it's got a sweetness, but it's got a bitterness, but it almost has a sourness. And like, <laughs> it is all over the place. Uh, I don't know how I feel about it. I, I think it's fascinating because it is unpeated. Like it's, and the island is known for its peat. So I think just in it of itself is unique and interesting to me. And I don't know. I mean, it's aged 10 years. It's not yeah. like it's young, 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 but it's also like we did just drink the 15 year and it makes this one seem young. Seem young, mm-hmm. but I don't know. I don't know if that's a good. I don't want to just compare it to the one we just had, but it, there's something about it that seems younger. Well, the Bomar was aged in two different things, which may have something to do with it. What was the? What was this again? It's, it's just going to be in a bourbon barrel. So maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's the sherry that makes it add that kick of age and complexity but it's not you know it's i'm gonna think about how to say this it's it's complex but in like a well in like a well-crafted package whereas this is complex and kind of a chaotic i don't know i don't know where it's going way (laughs) in a young in a young chaotic way it's like it's like it hasn't been reined in like that is very it's like a restrained kind of good way this is kind of this, this might be a terrible analogy but it's sort of the Beaumore is sort of like if so, you know like a chef like composes your dish of like oh it's a bunch of strange ingredients but they, they're all placed and put together and they go really well and the what, say it again Brooklady Brooklady I'm never gonna remember that me neither Brooklady <laughs> is like somebody gave you a cereal bowl and just dumped a bunch of shit inside <laughs> and it like it kind of goes together but you can't identify any of it anymore you just you can't see it you can't like you know what I mean? It's that dish at Rose's Luxury that has all the stuff. <laughs> the lychee that every, salad. The lychee salad <laughs> that everybody raves about. And when I ate it, I'm like, what the fuck is happening? It's all. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. It's like, I know what all these things are. Yeah. But together, I'm confused by them. And it's not exactly bad. It's just, there's something about it that also just feels not quite right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Or it's just, it's a little like, I don't know, disturbing is not the right word, but it's like, it's um unsettling. It's unsettling. It is unsettling. <laughs> yes. It makes me now can I turn I need to compare to the bit more. Side by side. Okay. It's bizarre when like a peated scotch is familiar to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little solid package and this is crazy. I know. I, I, I'm not I, I don't I don't know what else to say about it. It's very it's odd. I don't know if I could, like, well, I don't know if I could sit and drink a whole glass of any scotch. <laughs> any scotch. But, but at least, but I like the way that, I mean, I kind of, I appreciate the secret peatiness of it, mm-hmm. that it doesn't coat your mouth and it doesn't just taste like medicine combined with, like, fruit flavors. Right. Um, not that I, you know, the Bowmore has its own 
good things about it. <laughs> but there's something interesting in the way that it it kicks in like that. It's interesting, but I don't think I would choose to drink it. That was surprising. I was convinced I would like that better. It's like, um, I kind of wish I had some Jameson here right now. <laughs> because, I mean, I normally would never wish that. But I feel like this is in the same family as Jameson. And it's why I don't like Jameson as a Irish mm-hmm. whiskey. Because it's got that sort of like weird, weirdness in it. The like chaotic unsettlingness of it. They should put that on the bottle. <laughs> Do you want to feel chaotic and unsettled? <laughs> try, the, try the bottle that I... Brooklady. There you right. go. So I have to look at it and be like, where are the syllables that I need to pronounce? Good job. All right. Yeah. Well. Interesting. That was a... Uh, Disturbing and informative. <laughs> <laughs> it's like some types of weird modern art that I'm like, how do I feel about this? Like a- yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when your sister-in-law sends you a photo of a baby climbing out from under a chair and you don't know what's happening. <laughs> That's what it's like. <laughs> oh, boy. Come on up, Whiskey Cat. Well, I'm glad, I know. I'm glad to have tried it. That was great. That was interesting. Yeah, I highly recommend going to Isla. It's... <laughs> yeah. Just it's for, a, I'm convinced. <laughs> I mean, it's there's beautiful. There. there's sheep there. There are cows there. There's scotch there. There's people with amazing Scottish accents there. Oh, yeah. There, Start with that one. <laughs> there are... Um, I was so fascinated by all of the like restaurants and hotels had um, like plaid tartan carpeting, and it was amazing. just it was amazing everywhere, everywhere. And you're just like, where do I get this? Where do I get this? And like, you Scotland know, is where you get yeah, it. yeah, it's where you get it. But you know, and then of course I'm like, this would like it's too hot in DC to have this on my floor. <laughs> You need a roll up, like a rug that right. you can roll out for mm-hmm. like winter times. Exactly. We should get one for underneath the bar here. Yeah, Whoa, that's a good idea. Bar. Yeah. Um, so that was amazing. The coastline is amazing. The distilleries on the water are amazing because they're just you know just right there on the water. It's so beautiful. Um, I want to go. Yeah, it's it's gorgeous, and I'm sure it's you know it was warmish. It would rain a little, be sun a little, wind would blow a little or a lot. <laughs> Sounds perfect. Weather, weather, love it. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty great. And you just kept driving these roads that are like on the ocean. You're like, this is beautiful. Awesome. That was Isla. It was great. Y'all should go there. I'm booking my flight now. <laughs> should watch that episode of Parks and Rec when she sends Ron there to oh. Lagavulin. I don't even remember that one. Oh, I love it. That's why I asked if you approached by boat because he approaches by boat. And I'm like, this is my dream. (laughs) No, but you know the the last episode where he like buys a share of Lagavulin and he has the photo outside. So they all took a photo in front of their like, it was really really cute. I love that. Uh, You can find us at whiskeycats.com. Find us on Twitter at whiskey underscore cats and Instagram. Same place. Same place. Mm Mm-hmm. You should send us your whiskey memories at whiskeycatspodcast at gmail.com. Yes. Or other questions that, you know, experts 
of whiskey, <laughs> like us, can surely answer <laughs> or pretend to answer. Or pretend to answer. Semi-hilarious. <laughs> so you can also call us on our whiskey hotline at 202-760-2009 and tell us about your whiskey woes, tell us about your whiskey wins, or just tell us about whiskey in general or ask us questions. Or whiskey emergencies. Oh, whiskey emergencies. We love those. They're the super fun type of questions. <laughs> And yeah, so thanks. See you next time. Woo. Next up, rocket science. <laughs> <laughs> I'm while about that name. It makes